You are with the Sounds podcast series for Sounds Centre for New Zealand Music, Toi Te Arapuoru, ko Tony Huata Ahau. Today I'm joined by Troy Kingi to talk about his music, acting and the influence of Māori boarding schools on his career. Kia ora e hoa. Hey, um, thank you for joining our hui today and um, to speak about your music career, your influences, nominations and also what attending Māori boarding school uh, has had within your music. Uh, this is a podcast, Zoom, which will be timeless in its broadcast. So to start us off, um, we'll just do a bit of ko wai kue no hia kue. Uh, I can start us off and then we'll move into you. Uh, I te taha o tōku kōka no Ngāti Kahungunu ki te wairoa me rongo ngā iwi. I te taha o tōku pāpa no wera, haina, repara, aereringa whenua o ōku tīpuna. Uh, Kua te kai hautu pūro Māori o toitera pūru sounds. Nō reira, tēnā koutou, tēnā koe, kahuri ki a koe choi. Kia ora Tony, um, uh, ko mata paura te maunga, ko roto iti te roto, ko inekura te marae, ko Ngāti Pekiao te hapu, uh, ko tamata kapua te tangata, ko te aroa te waka, ko te aroa te iwi hoki, um, i whānau mai e i roto i te rohe o te aroa, um, te hoi pera um, o Rotorua, uh, engari i tipu akeo i roto i te rohe o te whānau apanui, um, ki te kaha nui a tiki, um, I tēnei wā tonu kei pēwhairangi au, kei kirikiri e noho ana, te tai toke rau, uh, i te tau taku hoa rangatira mea, mea māua tamariki e rima. Um, ai, koe rā. <laughs> o tēnā koe e hoa, fū, ngā tamariki e rima. Um, <laughs> gee, a tāhua rau o te takiwā rā, kirikiri? Is it beautiful over there? It's it's pretty nice here. Um, I, the last maybe two, three years, I haven't spent that much time here. I've been tiki touring all over the place, but um, it's been good to have these forced um, lockdowns. I have to be here, so um, it's been nice just not having to having time pressure to do anything and just be here with my family. Uh, it's been pretty nice. So, you know, thank you, Troy. Um, you're known as an actor, a multi-award winning, multi-genre musician, obviously originally from um, Te Arawa, Rotorua, Te Kaha, Te Whānau, Apanui, uh, Te Tai Tokerau Hoki. In fact, you and I, um, I recall going up to Te Tai Tokerau um, to a kaitito wānanga and you and Peri were doing your thing with the rangatahi up there and it was really awesome. Um, so... What is your first musical influence and um, and like casting yourself back? And did that contribute towards you wanting to become a composer, musician and actor? It's a tough question because I'm pretty old. <laughs> um, I, I think um, probably one of my biggest influences when I was real little was my dad, um, he was a he was a real good guitarist, and he was actually in a band with his brothers back in the days, um, Greenstone. So um, I think subconsciously, you know, it was always around me. But I always remember him just being a, an, an amazing guitarist. Um, I, I remember my mum telling him to to teach me how to play the guitar, and I I was. I didn't really have the patience. He had good patience, but I, I got real hoa real quick. So um, he did teach me like three chords when I was about eight or seven or something. And that was pretty much it until um, until I went to boarding school. Um, I didn't really pick up the guitar again. But um, yeah, he's probably my, my biggest, my first influence. Um, whether or not it made me want to be a musician, I'm not quite sure. Wow, interesting. You know, like um, when I reflect back to being um, 
a tai tamariki, tai tamaiti, and I remember my grandfather, he played the ukulele, um, mm. or the, uku, the ukurere, and, um, but I just remembered um, what struck me was just how happy the whānau were when they sang whatever waiata Māori that we were singing at the time, and, and, you know, and obviously there's lots of composition that rolls through the whānau, dad and his brothers. When I say dad, that was my grandfather. And so I think that's probably one of my earliest memories that probably just, it was the harikoa, it was the happiness, the joy of te reo Māori and the joy of whānau. So, oh yeah, no, choice, choice there, huh? That's great to hear. Um, so do you think that had an impact on you as well in terms of your acting, Mahi? Uh, I don't know. I don't know why. I, I, I kind of fell into acting quite late. Um, it just happened. It was I wasn't looking for it or anything. It just kind of happened. Um, I did. There was a little stint when I was at high school where that's what I wanted to do was was be an actor. Um, after I watched this um, theatre company come through to College, um, so I ended up going to the youth drama school at Havelock North. Might have been over twenty years ago now. And um, basically, there you had it was you could do um, screen acting, you could do improvisation, you could do stand up comedy. There was a range of different things you could do. I ended up doing screen acting, um, not even knowing what it was. Um, and then at the end of the week, uh, there was a big showcase to our appearance, would come down to Havelock North and the stand-up comedians were working on their piece all week, um, the singers or whatever. And then for us in the screen acting, we had to um, do one scene with another person. So there was a big screen there and then our scene come up and I saw myself and I just cringed the whole time. And I was like, I don't think that's for me. So that was, that was it. When I was about 15, 16, I was like, nah, I'm not going to be an actor. Uh, and it kind of stayed like that. Um, over 10 years before um, something um, just come out of nowhere. Um, but, I, yeah, I definitely didn't think I was going to be an actor for most of my life. Well, you know, it's interesting where um, our life paths take us their way and how things, opportunities can sort of like come your way or the right type of character come your way. Um, mm. You know, you and I, we don't know each other that well, right? But what mm. I've seen from um, like your videos and you playing a character in film and stuff, um, I see a very, uh, and this is me not really, and I don't want to sound funny or anything, not really know, knowing, knowing you, but I, I see um, the good thing about screen is that stories are told through the eyes. And one thing that's, you know, like always struck me with you is that you're, you, you appear to me like a deeply reflective person, which is the true sense of what an artist is. And, um, and so in that light, because I've had theatre experience, and theatre, you've got to be heightened, you've got to be bigger, you've got to like open up your body, open up your voice, hit the back wall and stuff, but totally different um, format to screen acting, which is totally in your eyes, and the camera can tell when you're not, telling the truth or when you're lying, when you're teka and all of that sort of thing. So what a wonderful experience you had over there in Havelock North. Was that when you were at Teota College? Yes, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I got onto that school, but uh, maybe it was someone that one of the teachers asking um, if anyone was interested in doing anything like that. And I don't think it was a cool thing to be into when you were at Tete College, but I, I was like, yeah, I'm keen. So uh, I think I was the only one from TA to, to actually go over there and do that. But it was it was cool. It was good fun. And there you go. There you go. Like, maybe you might not have consciously thought it, but your whole wairua must have known it. And you were the only one there from your kura <laughs> doing that sort of stuff. You know, like... When I was at, um, I went to Turukina Māori Girls um, College and for us it was all about kapahaka, but prior to that I'd come from singing sort of like primary, um, Hastings Intermediate and Central Primary and it was real choir orientated, so mm -hmm. like we were in the sopranos, etc. So when I first hit boarding school, 
Um, I think the seniors noticed that I had a high voice and that I take the harmony naturally and stuff like that. And what I noticed going to boarding school was the amazing harmonies that in our first assembly and chapel. And, um, and it was just quite mind-blowing, that, that type of um, legacy of singing and waiata, but most importantly, the pride, the mana that you were upholding for your kura. So, um, you know, at your time when you were with Te Aute, tell us about maybe a little bit about your boarding school life and some of the contributions that, you know, outside of this acting one, maybe in the musical sense of what it had with your career choice. In music, yeah, I, I suppose like you talking about that harmony, um, that wairua that you would have felt at Turakina, I felt that same thing at Tertia. Um and you, it's, um, I don't know how to explain it. Like um, you look at a matatini level kapaka, and then you look at at uh, Maori boarding school kapaka. Maori boarding school wasn't about being a hundred percent as loud as possible, it was just the sweet blending of voices. And you you hear that same sound at St. Joe's now, that that very same sound that they've had for years and years and years. Um, it's just that that feeling, that, that's that's the ultimate feeling for me at, at, um, at boarding school. And that's, that was one thing that I loved the most about boarding school was, was the kapahaka. Um, when, when like regional time came around, um, when we had inter-house kapaka, that was my favourite time was just having um, practice, kapaka practice, all weekend or after you finish your homework, you'd, you'd shoot over to the marae and, and do kapaka practice. But I think it was all about feeling that wairua that we're talking about. Um, going back to... The guitar didn't pick it up again until I, I got to boarding school. Uh, it was out of necessity. All the seniors had left, and they needed they needed someone to play the guitar at the chapel. Um, I think it was the last two weeks of school. Um, so I just picked up the guitar and started playing it just out of necessity and kind of just haven't put it down <laughs> since then. Um, yeah, there was no music. There was no music um, classes or anything like that, no drama classes. So um, it's probably actually a big reason why I left boarding school. Um, I've, I don't know why I, I wanted to write songs, but I just felt like I needed to write songs um, and it just didn't cater to that at school. Uh, it was a big decision to leave, leave boarding school, but um, I think in the end it was the right decision just in the trajectory that I was heading anyway. So so where did you go? Uh, where did you go? What was the next career you went to? Uh, well, I was, I was still living in Takaha when I was at boarding school. And then my last year there, I was fifth form or year 11. Um, and my parents ended up moving up here, up north. Um, they got mahi up here um, and asked if I wanted to stay at TA or if I wanted to to go to school up there and I ended up going to Kirikiri High School, um, which was a massive culture shock. There was probably only two other brown faces in our school and going from a school over 150 years, uh, a massive legacy to one that was uh, looking at the Ducks board or the head boy board and he went back to the 70s was was a bit of a culture shock. Um, but I feel like that's where I learned most of my fruitiness as far as writing and stuff goes. Um, sitting in on my mates' band practices and and hearing these different styles of music that I'd never listened to before. Um, real heavy, rocky stuff, whereas at TA we probably only listened to hip-hop and R&B. Um, so it definitely sent me on the path, I think. Um so opening up to wider genres and different styles of music. Wow. So, again, that was obviously a huarahi that was meant to be travelled and um, <laughs> hatakehi fruity, opening it up to more fruity <laughs> styles. <laughs> but, but, you know, like, um, again, it's about that creativity eh? and it's that whakawhānui and um, you, you're right about boarding school. Like, you know, when I was at boarding school, it was hip-hop, R&B and... 
wasn't so much into reggae, but reggae as well, mm. you know, tended to be the genres that most rangatahi um, listened to, probably still listen to. And, um, you know, rock, forget it. Um, mm. But, you know, it, it, it's, um, it's been more appreciated now. But um, so, you know, your waiata um, call my name, is that a reflection mm-hmm. of te aute or kirikiri? Or, or Say it was else? a reflection. It was probably more like primary school. Um, just, I don't know, it was so long ago that I, I'm lucky that I had my daughter to actually help me write that because she's 13, she's deep in school right now. So um, I had to dig deep into my memory banks to try and remember what school felt like. Um, I just remember when we used to walk to school and just having mean as icy fields and like when you walk past and you leave your footprints in the, in the field as you're going past and all those sorts of things. Um, but I feel, feel like it was safe. I was actually a good student. <laughs> you listen to that song, it sounds like I was a real troublemaker, but um, I was actually a, a good student. There was a couple of times where, where I got in trouble, but um, I was actually a good student at school. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with being a good student um, because, you know, most rangatahi, you'll, you'll either get sort of like, you might go in and you're, um, you know, you're hāngai ki te mahi, hāngai ki te kaupapa, rongo ki ngā kaiako, so, you, you know, you're that way inclined and then there comes a moment where um, you might get distracted by your hoa, by your peers, and you've got something maybe to prove. Um, I know that that was a little bit of my experience, um, that this was more at boarding school, and probably um, what I've noticed with a lot of rangatahi, which can sometimes change the directory of being a good student, hāngai ki te mahi, to maybe a disruptive student. But for various reasons, that's the pathway that's taken. And particularly if you're an artistic type of student, so you're either inward Mm -hmm. reflecting or you want to sort of be... Um, I guess the natural leader, the one that everyone sort of like follows and um, and you want to express that part in yourself, which sometimes can be misunderstood by certain schooling systems. Anyway, I'm having a bit of a rant, so I'll get, oh, I'll finish that one. <laughs> I'll finish that one. I'm just reflecting on my own tamariki. But yeah, but um, I just wanted to get to, um, it's interesting that you mentioned your girl because you, you mentioned that she helped you with the... Um, by sending poetry because she's right in it, eh? And probably perhaps particularly to the Black Sea Golden Ladder album, would that be right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, like that one was sort of obviously um, it marks that um, 10 albums, 10 genres, 10 years, kaupapa that you have. And um, so just jumping ahead a little bit, but... How did you find that project in the writing genre? You know, and I see your girl was contributed to the poetry and um, and it's always good to include our tamariki. I really, really support that too. And also the work with um, Delaney Davidson. Yeah, well, starting this um, 10 albums in 10 years, 10 different genres, the first two years were quite easy because I had a clear vision of what it was going to be. Um, and I might have had ideas to contribute to it. So I'd say the first three years were kind of easier, Um, and the way that I do each of them is put the album out. I have pretty much 10 months until uh, we're about to put the next one out, and um, I spend that time listening to the type of music that that I want to try and emulate, that I want to try and pick apart and figure out. Um, with this, with the uh, Black Sea Golden Ladder album, um, we had only just put up The Ghost of Freddy Caesar and the turnaround was really quick and it was already organised um, that we were, I was getting going to be in writing mode with Delaney. We only had, I only had about three weeks between the release of Freddy Caesar and us going into writing mode. So... As far as my normal way of doing stuff, I didn't have that time to sit down with the music um, and and figure it out. But in saying that, I was listening to bits and pieces through that whole time, even though I hadn't put out Freddie Says. I was trying to think ahead 
because I knew there was going to be a quick turnaround. But luckily for me, I did have Delaney, who was entrenched in that type of music, um, to help drive it for me. Um, and I feel like that's kind of probably going to be the way ahead for me in the future is bringing bringing those rangatiro, those specific genres to come and come on board um, to make my life a little bit easier. But um, yeah, us two, we 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 both like riding really fast. He's a really prolific rider. Um, and the initial concept of the album was supposed to be me writing poems about different phases in life. Um, until I started writing the poems and I didn't, they were making me cringe, like watching myself for the first time at youth drama school. Same feeling. So I was like, no, let's not do that. Uh, instead, we took those different themes and we just had kind of whining on each of them. We'll just sit down and talk about each one. Uh, and the way he wanted to do it was lyrics first, kind of how I wanted to do it with the poems. But I I didn't know how to do lyrics first because I had never written. I always write the music before lyrics. So um, it was quite tricky for me. So instead of that, we'd have our wānanga. I'd have a kōrero about my thoughts and experience on those different phases in life. And then after about an hour, he'd flip his laptop around and go, okay, I think we've got some kupu here. Let's, let's write to these. Um, and then after four days, we had written the whole album. So it was pretty quick. It was four days. Um, and we're very, we're both very strong-minded. So that was another obstacle to, to, to get over. Um, you know, we'd put an, I'd put an idea and he would like fight it or he'll put an idea and I'd fight it. So we had to find some middle ground. But in the end, it's like an album that he'd never make on his own. It's an album I'd never make on my own. So um, we're both proud of it. Um, yeah, if I had done it by myself, I don't know what it would have sounded like. If it would have even got done, to be honest. <laughs> well, with that fast turnaround far out, holy hicka. But, you know, it's quite it's quite a um, task to even set, eh? You know, 10 albums, 10 genres, 10 years. Mm. It's it's huge. You're like there's some um, really prolific artists, and they might be up to. They've been in the industry for thirty years, but they've done, I don't know, four albums or something. Mm. I know that um, for me, let's say twenty years, seven albums, but like ten years, yeah. ten albums, ten different genres. That's a that's an awesome task, and it's good to hear what your process has been with them. Because I was going to ask that with um, the next question, which is about um, congratulations, by the way. You know, you're a finalist in the Waiata Māori Music Awards uh, for Best Māori Solo Artist, Tāne Best Māori Songwriter for All Your Ships sailed, Have Sailed, um, the Best Māori R&B Album and the Best Māori Pop Album for The Ghost of Freddie Caesar. Um, you're also a finalist with uh, the Apra Silver Scroll Awards uh, for All Your Ships Have Sailed and Tūranga Waiwai written with uh, Tipene, Nacy and Tanae. So I was going to, it sort of leads us into that question. Do you thrive with collaboration or do you prefer solo compositions? You've in a way sort of answered it with the previous question, mm. but what's your process, um, let's say for either yeah, just just the overall summing up of that, um, I feel like you need collaboration in order to see an idea from a different light, um, but you need time to yourself in order to get it done, you know, to how you want it to be done without people questioning you. <laughs> so um, you need a bit of both. As far as collaboration goes, working with Delaney, that's probably the biggest project I've done. Uh, we also also done the Polynesian Panthers as well this year, um, working with a few other artists. Um, and then there was something supposed to happen next week. New Zealand Symphony Orchestra show was supposed to happen. That's not happening anymore. But um, I don't know. I feel like with any collaboration, why people want to collaborate with you in the first, first place is because of your own sound. So... I feel like whenever you're in a collaboration, just trying to be as true as possible to yourself. Um, and hopefully they're as true as possible to themselves. And that's what you're that's the exciting thing is hopefully seeing those two things come together in a completely different way. Um, 
like last year when we had our first lockdown, people asking how creative I was, how much stuff I got done. I didn't do anything apart from collaborations that were um, people sent me stuff and asked if I wanted to jam on it. I ended up doing about 10 different things like guitar on different tracks or singing on different tracks. Um, I like the challenge of working working on someone's project that's kind of already finished, but they've left a little gap for me and seeing how much I of an imprint I can put onto something that's already done. Um, I like that challenge, but also I just finished doing a collaboration. She's a Spanish musician from, from the States that, that was locked over here for, since last WOMAD last year. But um, she sent me something to do a collaboration with her, and I didn't know how I could fit into it because it, it felt like she had made it too much that there was no room for me to put anything into it. So I said, why don't we just start from scratch? So in some instances, it's good to just see what you can do with nothing, um, see see what each other can bring to the table. Um, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question, but um, there's like different ways to do everything. There's not one way, not one set way to do anything. Just depends on the circumstances. But uh, whether or not I like collaborating more than doing solo stuff, um, I like them both in equal measures. I like I like doing stuff by myself. Like I said, I've got no one to question my ideas. That's probably why I can get away with so many crazy ones like the, the shake their skinny ass all the way to Zagatron because there's no one going, what are you doing? But then sometimes it's good to have that. Um, in order to to make something that's nice and polished and nice and beautiful. Tika, Tika, you know, um, that's one thing I have noticed about you, and, it, and it's the mark of a true artist, eh, is that you express uh, your own story with whatever phase that you might be um, at, like, say, in your life or whatever you're into at that time, and um, as opposed to catering to what... Um, your audience may want from you at that time mm. or what different audiences may want. And that's a mark of a true artist is when someone can be brave enough to go, I'm into this and I'm going to do that. And, yeah, no, Tautoko, I, I agree that collaboration has its space, its place, and likewise um, being inward reflecting and, and solo writing. I, I'm a bit of a person, in terms of my own stuff, I, I tend to write, by um, the words first, like I'll, I'll come up with the stories or the inspirations and then I'll go for a hikoi. I tend to walk a lot. I don't go from the instrument. I do the other way, but like your friend David. But um, but such is the way, very similar to, I guess, um, te reo Māori and um, like karanga and motetea and stuff. You look at the kupu and it already sends you, this is just for me, sends you on a certain rangi and a certain journey. But um but yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Kapai, do you think that um that you um that your albums as you've progressed that your writing style has changed? Um definitely definitely um I don't know how but um I know that like say for instance, a couple of the of the genres that I worked on aren't like my my main normal styles, but in order to to be authentic and genuine to them, you you try and figure out what makes that style tick, and in doing so, you pick up little feathers for your cap of songwriting. So I've said it a few times in a couple interviews. I don't know. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting to the end of the 10 albums and just writing a song without any boundaries and seeing what happens. Um, and I feel like, yeah, every little step, every little album I go through, I'm just getting different things for my songwriting arsenal uh, and then come out the other side and I like got all these like songwriting guns um, ready to blow something away. I don't know. Um yeah, I definitely, well, yeah, to be honest, from the last album, Black Sea Golden Letter, I've actually nearly finished writing my next album, which was supposed to come out in December, but it's probably getting pushed to February. Um, I did take a lot of the learnings I did with Delaney into this new one. Um, 
something that I'd never done before this Black Sea Golden Idol was look at myself in the mirror. <laughs> um, that's something Delaney said with folk music. It's kind of like stripping away and telling it as it is. Um, I feel like I used to hide behind these tricky metaphors a lot of the time when I was writing stuff, which is kind of reflective of a lot of the music that I listen to is kind of like that. Um, but then just saying something as it is, I think, feel like it cuts to the core of the listener, to their heart, uh, and it, it's it's just straight away easily digestible. Um, so I haven't fully gone on that, uh, that sort of um, songwriting path, but I've definitely taken bits of it, and I question a lot of stuff that I do when I'm writing the lyrics. Now I'm like, hey, we, I'll write something, I'll go, how can we make it a bit more personal? How, how can I make it a bit more immediate? So, um, yeah, I feel like, like I said, I can't wait to get to the end of the 10 albums and see what sort of skills I've learned. Because I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know, subconsciously I'm picking stuff up, but you probably won't know until you sit down and look at it all. Tika, Tika, and, um, and it's a bit like acting, eh? Like, a, you know, I know like with Toy Fakari, you know, they used to work on the scenario of stripping down the layers, getting mm. to the core of the person. Sometimes that may have worked and sometimes that mm. may not have worked for different people, especially um, from cultural points of view. But um, like what you're saying with, you know, the, um, the whakamarama being more intermediate, more personal, more um, cutting to the chase and that whole less is more, eh? less is more, mm. Eti te kupu, nui te kōrero, that type of uh, whakaaro behind all of that. And I think that's where, yeah, I mean, like I've even noticed that with a little dabble into, let's say, country with one weata for my grandfather about mohaka, and it was the country genre, but it was just eti te, te kupu, nui te kōrero. It's just so, you know, like ticker and right there in your face. But, mm. um, you know, I reckon that, um, you know, there's, you've had a lot of, let's say, acting in films like um, Mount Zion, Power Boys, Hunt for the Wilder People, and TV shows like Toke, more recently, um, Find Me a Māori Bride, I saw on your website, and songs from the inside. Um, most including, most have included, I guess, musical themes, life lessons, and your characters... Um, have tended to be more the natural, relatable Māori doi style. Um, and so are your Māori, your music videos. They're, they're very narrative. So um, you've sort of said that your acting just sort of came to you, it just happened. But mm. um, how did you get into the screen, like those type of projects, film projects, TV projects, and what entices you, like if you're selecting or choosing, you know, for your for your TV, film, and even your music videos? Oh, that's a big question. Um, the the very first project, so I done that, I done my um my my youth drama school and then I threw that through that um, career out the window. I wasn't gonna be an actor. Um, fast forward 10, 11 years, I'd um, had a few different jobs. I think I just finished six years working as a scuba dive instructor and I hung up my scuba diving instructing boots to be a teacher um, to study and um, I got a call from one of my good friends, his uncle, who's pretty much the same age as him, um, asking me if I wanted to audition for this new film. And I was like, yeah, cool. And my mate had told me about that. He told me that um, his uncle, same age as him, was um, was looking for musicians that could act or actors that could play an instrument so that they look good on screen. Um, and he kept putting my name forward to his uncle. Um, and he told me that probably two two years before I got that call. So it was like the last thing in the back of my mind. Anyway, um, I was like, yeah, cool, let's do it. So... Um, we had teed up a time to do this um, audition and it was on the way back from Tauramai Tawhiti Kapaka practice down the coast. Uh, it was Saturday night and 
our daughter got a bit sick, so we're like, oh, we're going to head home. So we kind of left really early, and we got to Auckland about nine nine or something from Tikaha. So we left super early, and um, and we teed up a, a early audition of this fella, and and like you're talking about. Uh, theatre acting and screen acting, completely different. But I was doing theatrical acting, too big, <laughs> too massive. And it was like, oh. But then in the gaps of when I was doing my, my audition that was super huge, I'd be like, I don't know what I'm doing. I honestly don't know what I'm doing. And it's like, no, I'll try it again, try it again. So I'll do the scene, I'll go, honestly, but I don't know what I'm doing. So I kept doing that same thing. And it's like, okay, sweet as. You don't need to show me you can sing. I know you can sing, but um, I'll talk to my producer and we'll get back to you in a couple of days. And I thought that was it. That was pretty crap. But then he got back to me a couple of days later and um, said that the audition was bad. But then in the gaps when I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. He's like, that was actually the character. So um, if you can do that, that's it. That's 100% the character. So um, he asked me if I wanted it. I was like, yep. In the following weekend, two weeks after quitting my job, I just got my papers, done this audition, and two weeks after that, I was in Pukekohe, borrowed Timura Marston's car, who I only just met, and I was sitting on the side of the road eating lunch with Stan Walker, who I only just met. <laughs> so it was like a quick turnaround, um, and that was it. That was my first thing into acting was Mount Zion. It was my very first role, um, and most of the roles from from that one film most of my roles roles come from that one film. Someone, Taika, um, loved what I did in Mount Zion, so he wanted me to do that little role on um, Hunt for the Water People. Um, same with other people seeing me on Hunt for the Water People, wanted me to do other stuff. So um, I got me an agent, and, yeah, you're, you're asking about how do I pick. To be honest, it's hard to be picky in New Zealand. Um, there's not that much going around. Um Every audition I go to, uh, I see Tekohe, I see Xavier Horan, I see the same dudes go for the same role. Um, so um, as long as as the um, co-pop of whatever it is aligns with, with what I am, if it's like too out there and it's a bit like, oh, I can't do that, then I won't even consider it. But as long as it aligns with, with who I am, then I'll do it. Um, and I didn't go through Toifakari. I never went through acting school or anything. Um, all of my schooling has been on screen and learning from people like Tim Little Morrison from Cliff Curtis and, and another film that I've that's coming out soon. Um, it's, yeah, it's one thing that Tim's told us real early, me and Stan was like, you guys aren't actors. Don't worry about trying to act. Just learn your script. But then when you're in the scenes, just listen, like listen to the other actors and respond accordingly, like you're actually in the scenes. Like, don't, don't, yeah, learn your lyrics, I learn your lyrics, learn your words, but kind of throw them away and actually be in the scene and just respond to, to what's coming at you instead of waiting for your, your line to come up. And that's kind of what I've taken into every single role that I've done. Um, just trying to be as natural and 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 same if I get a script and and there's stuff on there that just doesn't feel right saying I kind of just tweak it a little bit and the directors don't pull me up on it yet they haven't pulled me up on it yet but uh, if it feels wrong coming out of my mouth I'll slightly tweak it so that it makes it more natural and that's my whole approach to acting is just trying to be as believable as possible not trying to be cool not trying to be like the superhero, mad, massive dude. It's just about being as believable as possible. Tika, relatable and truthful way. And um, mm. that, that was a really good um, note that that director gave you. Just respond. That was That's... Tim. That was Tim Weta. Oh! Yeah. Oh. And, and, you know, sometimes um, the better directors were actors first because they know how to speak to actors. Like my first director for me um, was was um, Jim Moriarty. And yeah. he was really good with working with non-trained actors and getting mm. them to a place of realism. It all had to be telling the truth, and especially with yeah. um, 
you know, like the kaupapa that our theatre company, Te Rākaihua, carried around the kura, um, which were about real issues that affected rangatahi and whānau. And so um, that was my toy for Kari too, being in that theatre company, being taught by Jim, and then being taught by fellow actors like with yourself, with Temuera. Mm-hmm. And no doubt Cliff and, you know, all the ones that have had so many vast um, opportunities and experiences in that particular mahi toy. So, yep. ah, awesome, awesome, Ehoa. Well, um, you know, um, it's Mahuru Māori. We see that um, you're, you're, um, you're on Waiata Anthems too, and with your Waiata... Te wai no rua fetu, which is a translation mm-hmm. to um, as technology, um, and it's to support the bilingual music industry. Um, you know, like to also to support the vision of the Fanonga Hinewehi. Um, so, I've all, I've seen that you're looking at, or you've already had some translations to your your album Holy Colony Burning Acres. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any other te reo Māori compositions or projects alongside that one in the works? I'm supposed to be working on something with uh, The Nudge. We brought out a song earlier, uh, a couple of months ago, um, Heorite. Um, and I was just trying to bring te reo Māori into a different genre or different arena that probably hasn't been heard before. Um and got so got a massive response to that. So um, we're looking at trying to do an EP together, maybe five tunes. Um, as far as my own stuff, like looking ahead, of my 10 albums, there isn't a real Māori one um, as part of those 10 albums, but um, uh, that's 10 albums under my own name. Like I feel like I'm going to write at least 100 albums um, so there's bound to be a lot of stuff in Te Reo. Um, but yeah, immediately, yeah, I'm trying to finish this other one that, that we, we, we went into the studio a couple of weeks before lockdown and pretty much we've probably got two more days to finish on that one. Um, so just trying to finish that off. We're supposed to be releasing the Holy Colony Burning Acres, Whenua Hautapi Eka Mumura this week, but uh, it's it's probably been postponed another month. It's gonna it's out a month or so just with COVID. So uh, we'll put that out when it's ready. But um, I'm looking forward to getting it out there. And Mate Waka Taya, eh? You know, like um, mm. when the time is right, sometimes we can put so much out of ourselves, like put so much of our mahi toy out there put it all out to the community, working on our own mahi and out, out, out. Sometimes we just have to um, kia tau and whakatau and just know that when the time's right, the time will be right. Oh, man, you sound like you've got lots of um, awesome projects coming out and your kete certainly sounds full. Um, is there anything else that you are sharing that we haven't asked you about? Um, nah, nah, just hoping to get back on tour to finish off the Black Sea Golden Ladder Tour, which we had just got through half of it. We were in Nelson, had just had sound check, the stage was looking nice, and then, um, then the news come from, from Jacinda that we're going into lockdown that night. So, uh, that would have been number seven, show number seven. So, um, hoping to get back and finish those last five shows off. Um, because once that finished, that's kind of that's kind of it for the Black Sea Golden Ladders journey because we're moving straight on to the next one. And that's kind of how it's been with all the albums. Um, you've just got that small time frame, that small moment to live in that moment and then move on. But that's part and parcel of, of this thing that I've created, I suppose. That's how it goes. Tika, you're sort of like, um, you've got such a full, um, I guess, schedule of releases and creativity into the different genres and different writing it's a lot it's a big undertaking eh for 10 years Mm. outside of all the collaborative mahi that you're doing and doing some of your you know existing waiata into te reo 
you know, to support more real Māori waiata out there. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a big undertaking. So I totally understand that, okay, this project is now finishing. Let's move on to the next kaupapa. So, yeah, um, it's hard sometimes because you can find a good thing and just want to sit in it and just let it be. But um, I've had a couple times, you know, like um, even with the Zygotron album, um, so many people love that one and could have easily just stayed in that spacey zone. Um, and same with the Holy Colony album. But like I said, it's just part of um, something that uh, that I'm still trying to figure out myself, I suppose. Um, it's, it's quite a new thing. So um, just got to let it, let it pan out how it's going to pan out. Just ride it out. So when you perform live, um, do you just decide what you want to perform or do you focus on the newest the newer waiata the current mahi do you push that when you're performing i saw you at um on live stream with the kupadupa and that, that, oh, was yeah. a, that was a great show and um yeah yeah so what do you do in terms of your performances yeah it's um it's getting more um album specific now i've, I've had my booking agent for the last couple of years so He's actually pushing my next album that hasn't even come out for the festival run in the summer. Um, and I've already got a couple that haven't been made public, like headlining a couple festivals. With this new album that hasn't even come out, no one's even heard any songs. Um, so, yeah, it just depends what the festivals want. So my booking agent is just going to, for every year, just going to push a certain whatever the, whatever the album is. Once this run of of the Black Sea Golden Ladder tours over, that's kind of it. And uh, saying that I've been booked for one show down south for the folk album. So, yeah, we go to the, each individual festival, whatever show it is, and we just play. That's a cool thing. We've got options. We, <laughs> um, we can do a we can do a reggae show. We can do a folk show. And depending on what show it is, it will depend on what the makeup of the band looks like. So. Um, I pretty much had the same band since the very beginning. Um, one thing I've been doing with each album is giving them a different name, depending on what the style of music is. So we've had the first album, we had Troy Kingy and the Electric Huckaboogie. Second album, we had Troy Kingy and the Galactic Chiropractors. Third album, we had Troy Kingy and the Upper Class, the Holy Colony album. Fourth album, we had Troy Kingy and the Clutch. And this one, um, the folk album, we've, we've got a couple of the last shows of the tour where we'll have the full band and it's Troy King and the Senses. Uh, and just fast forwarding to the next album, just, I'm not allowed to say too much about it, but it's, it's based unapolog unapologetically in the 80s uh, and it's Troy King and the Promises is, is going to be the band over the summer. So a lot of synths. And a lot of nostalgic sounds gonna be popping out. Wow, I'm a child from the 80s. I look forward to hearing <laughs> that. <laughs> I, I always find all those wayata on TikTok and then I put them on my story because it's like I harken back to the old childhood, you know, and um, and my brother's sort of genres of wayata back in those days. Oh, that sounds really exciting. Joy Kingy and the Promises. Cool, cool. And I know you're not allowed to say where because that hasn't been announced yet. So, Kate Pai, if you were ever <laughs> requested to do um, like a, a kaupapa like Pau Pau Pau, have you done that before? I have done, I was real busy when I got asked to do it, but I think I've done maybe two days of it. Haven't been able to do a whole waranga with it, but um, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd do that any day of the week. That stuff is, is right up my alley. I love doing that sort of my. So um, you're referring to the pau 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 tuakana taina, which is with the mentoring, with the rangatahi, eh? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's also another one of where it started, which was about the showcase. So it's like established and sort of like emerging artists oh, performing sure. alongside each other. So... Would you be into, um, if you did a kaupapa like that, would it be something that you'd be interested in doing, like a bit of an eclectic array of your mahi, or would you still push whatever's current? Um, it'll probably be all sorts. Like I said, it just depends on what the kaupapa is. 
Um, if, for instance, if it's a folk festival, we'll probably just do a folk folk set. Take some of my like reggae songs and make them into folk songs as well. And that's been a cool thing on on this tour. Um, taking songs like All Your Ships Have Sailed and Mighty Invader and stripping them back to this raw, folky, acoustic vibe. And, and um, it just shows that, uh, it just makes me happy that those songs can live in, in any sort of setting. Um, so that's probably what we'd do, depending on the style. If it was a reggae festival, I'd take some of the folk funk songs, take some of the folk songs and make them into reggae songs. Got options. And that's the awesome thing about, um, like, I guess, performing in different kaupapa and festivals like that, eh, is adjusting your waiata to, in a way, sort of support the kaupapa, you know, the mm. genres of the festivals, and having that um, that flexibility to perform mm. and to support those kaupapa. Um, that's awesome, Ehua. We want to wish you all the best with your current nominations. Um we also want to thank you for sharing about your influences um, in your career in music as well today. And um, to whakakapi us being Mahuru Māori, um, we'll just do a little bit of the end of whakarongo if that's okay with you. And then either me or you could do our karakia whakamutunga. Ko koe or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. He kupu tuku i ho mo te neire anga. Whakarongo, whakarongo, whakarongo. Kia taunga tini manaakitanga ki runga i a tātou katoa. Turuturu o fiti whakamaua kia tīna. Tīna. Homie, huye! Taikie! Kia ora rae hoa! Nga mihi kia koe hoa! Thank you for having me. That was cool. That was cool. Kei te poai. Thank you. Che. This podcast was produced and presented for Sound Centre for New Zealand Music, Toitiara Puoru, by me, Tony Huata. The sound engineer is Phil Brownlee, and production assistance from Roger Smith, Nina Lesperance, and Ngahuia Maniapoto. Thanks to my guest, Troy Kingi, and for your generous kōrero, and thank you for listening. For more about this and other Sounds podcasts, or information about the music of Aotearoa New Zealand, go to the Sounds website, sounds.org. Dot NZ. That's S-O-U-N-Z. Nō reira, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā tātou katoa. Toi te ara pūru, sounds.